Welcome to the Hidden Acres Podcast, coming to you from Hidden Acres Christian Center in Dayton, Iowa. I'm your host, Taylor Muggy, flying solo today, but that's because we have a very special episode for you. It's actually not even our episode, so you know it'll be good. <laughs> this is an episode from another podcast called the Lead Volunteers Podcast. The host is a dear friend of the camps, and actually an old friend of mine named Josh Denhart. Josh leads a whole ministry called uh, Lead Volunteers, and it's it's all about coaching ministry-minded people in recruiting, training, and retaining volunteers. Uh, it's super great. I highly encourage you to check it out. I'll put links to all of Josh's stuff in the show notes for this episode. Um, he actually originally wanted to interview me about how Hidden Acres recruits so many high school and college students, which we did, and that was very fun to talk about. But while I was there, he also wanted to share how Hidden Acres has blessed him personally, and that's where this episode came from. Quick side note, if you would also like to hear my episode on his podcast, you'll have to check out the Lead Volunteers podcast, episode 183, Giving Leaders a Ladder to Climb. Okay, I think that's all the setup we need. So without any further ado, here's the interview with Josh Denhart. Welcome to the Lead Volunteers podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the LeadMinistry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, how to recruit, train, and retain volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I'm excited about this one. It's going to be a little different. (laughs) Yeah, we've already got some laughter going. Well, here's what's going to happen. I'm actually going to turn over the interview part from myself to my friend, Taylor Muggy. So, Taylor, just give a quick introduction about yourself. Yeah, Yeah, love to. Uh, I work at a place called Hidden Acres Christian Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a camp in central Iowa. It's the largest camp in Iowa, uh, and we have a long history with you yes. at Hidden Acres. We love you at Hidden yes. Acres. Yeah. And so we have our own podcast, the Hidden Acres Podcast, uh, and it's it's a podcast I'm a host of, yes. me and my friend Eric, uh, and we would just love to hear from you about Hidden Acres. Yeah. And so in a sense, now somebody's like, wow, so, so we just get to hear about Josh's experience as a paid summer counselor and this is the lead volunteers podcast right okay everybody slow (laughs) everything down because i was paid so little at camp it actually kind of qualifies as a volunteer position pretty close yeah but i think that uh i think that there's a lot of good things that took place that i think a lot of our listeners are going if nothing else you know they're going to get a little insight into my story Mm -hmm. and my history yeah for sure okay so i'll start with you know, I became a Christian at 21. We aren't going to, another podcast, maybe I'll get into the details of that backstory. But I was, let's just say, okay, my wife and I, we have mugs, hmm. right? Matching mugs. And her says mild one. And mine says wild one. Yeah. yeah. And I, we're not going to go into that, but I was definitely, um, I was, I, I became a Christian at 21 and I'm super grateful for God's intervention in my life. So I had kind of a wild background and became a Christian, grew in my faith, and I think I was about a year and a half, two years old as a young Christian when I applied 
to be a counselor at Hidden Acres. Mm -hmm. Here's the interesting thing. As I was filling out the application, it had like, hey, tell us about yourself. What are you kind of into? What do you? And so I was just filling some stuff out and I was like, they're like, what do you think about fishing? And I was like, meh. Sure. I'm cool. Why not? What do you think about like starting a campfire? I was like, bro. How hard could that be? 10, <laughs> you know? So I kept filling out all of these things. Little did I know that I filled those questions out far higher than anybody else mm. that had that applied for that applied for summer staff. For summer staff. Yeah. And so I was there like, bro, this dude's full-time fishing in wilderness, which had never existed before. That's fantastic. So I was way out in remoteville yeah you know and i was in the woods in the woods mm -hmm. living on the ground in a 16 by 32 foot army tent yeah so that was kind of fun i mean i actually enjoyed it and i enjoyed being far out okay now the thing about hidden acres that i think was so powerful is that i was thrown into a situation that really demanded that I was de depending on God mm -hmm. really, re I mean, I was given yeah. what, eight, 10, 12 kids mm -hmm. with a junior counselor who's a high school kid. In the woods. In the woods. <laughs> All right, bro. Have fun. <laughs> teach him about God. And it's a big ask. It was a big yeah. ask. And, you know, we had a week mm -hmm. of, of training. And you know what? Over the years, Taylor, I have, because my kids have now, I mean, I yeah. I was a counselor for a number of years. My wife was a counselor there. Um, you know, I spoke as a summer staff speaker. Yep. For Matter of fact, I think I was a speaker when you were a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When were you When were you a counselor? Uh, 97, year? 98, 99. Okay. I may have been uh, one of your wilderness campers as well. Ooh, I know my, my, I think my first summer at Hidden Acres was as a camper was like 90 four or five okay and then i definitely did wilderness and i remember sleeping in a big green army tent oh so i may Lord. have been your camper okay let's go with that yeah let's go with it and then i was a counselor 2005 2010 when i when was speaking. speaking there for sure yeah, yeah. as like the upfront mm -hmm. chapel speaker chapel speaker yeah. for five what seven different speaking yep. times or yep. something random like that uh just quick shout out ryan graden ryan graden who is the, what's he, the program the director? program director, my boss. Your boss. Mm -hmm. He was my junior counselor. That's right. Come on. Now, uh, so big ask. In the week of staff training was nothing more than, I'm convinced, because my kids have now worked there, right? And they're, and they're like, I'm like, hey, staff training is you having a holy crap moment. Yeah. That count that kids are coming. Mm-hmm. Like take it seriously. Take it seriously. Get ready. <laughs> get ready and like get your heart ready, yeah. right? And so, um, amazing things happened. Mm -hmm. Amazing things happened. And so, up to this point, Taylor, for me, I had been experiencing God through number one, reading the Bible and going to church. I was having these intimate, super powerful one-on-one -on -one times with God. Yeah, that's what we want. Yep. I was also active in sharing my faith, and so of mm -hmm. course, the book of Third John says. We share these things with you so that um, so that we might know the depth to which the gospel is for us. And so, in other words, yeah. I kind of misquoted that, but it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Bottom line is, I get to know God better as I share the message of Christ with others. Yeah. There's there's something special mm -hmm. that happens there. So, number one, I was reading the scriptures a ton, going to church. Number two, I was actively sharing my faith, which was another means by which I was getting to know God. Mm -hmm. Number three, I was in active, heavy fellowship. And so I was experiencing this 
a lot of Christian goodness yeah. and a lot of Christian fruit in life. Just a whirlwind. A whirlwind. Yeah. However, there was a fourth side to that box that I had not yet experienced, which was taste and see that God is good through serving him. Mm. And so all of a sudden when I got to camp was really now like I had served as, you know, playing the guitar in the, in the, in the college worship band and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But now this was a whole different level. Yeah. And so I was thrown in and serving God and watching in real time as the Holy spirit did amazing things. Mm -hmm. That's an inquantifiable and untouchable pathway to experience the divine. Hmm. And so for me, as I'm serving, I'm actually having another diamond, another cut of the diamond, another way to experience God that I could not have sitting and reading my Bible. Yeah, I could not have just by sharing my faith and I could not have in fellowship, which by the way, without like fellowship's an interesting one. You have people who all have the Holy Spirit, yeah, and they're all mingling with one another, and the Spirit is somehow mystically mm-hmm. in our midst. Yeah, and so that's something that I can't experience sitting by, by myself. Nope. So monastic mm-hmm. life, which, by the way, as a young Christian, I thought uh, that that's you considered that. Well, not. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, no, no. Actually, I didn't consider being a monk. However, I thought that that was the the oh like the, like the peak the peak ah yeah was to be like to go deeper and deeper mm. and deeper into reading the scriptures and into communing with god through prayer yeah. that's the ideal that's the ideal mm. but but all of a sudden when i went to camp i i was like time <laughs> yeah. out so i can actually experience god in a brand new way that i had mm. not yet known and so all of a sudden figuratively i became a service addict Hmm. I was so hungry to participate in the furtherance of the gospel in a service capacity, not just me sharing one-on-one with another person, but as as a part of a larger holistic organization, participating in the work of the cross. So that was huge, very eye-opening. And so there's a lot of people who are like, wow, you mean this is it? This is the Christian life going to church? Oh, brother. Nope. The hole goes much deeper, (laughs) right? And so that was a big, a big piece to me. Yeah. And the, uh, what you said about something, God does something in you as you're explaining the gospel to others. I think to take that up a notch is explaining the gospel to young kids. Yes. You're a college student. You, you understand the gospel. You've read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but now you got an eight year old who's asking questions and you're like, okay, yeah. How do I explain justification? Yes. At a, at a third grade vocabulary, you know what I mean? Like that makes you, that engages different parts of your brain and makes you understand it better. Now, interestingly enough, you and I both have degrees in education Yeah, and you have a degree in science education, which makes me like it even more. (laughs) And as part of my, as part of my educational sequencing, one of the, one of the greatest ways that a person can learn information is if they've heard it, seen it, touched it, but mm-hmm. now they have to they have to process it yeah. in such a way, it's called synthesis, where it has to come out of their very mm-hmm. own mouth. Because you have to organize it in your brain in a in a whole brand new way yeah. in order for you to say it. What's the there, there's a there's a line of of thinking that's uh, to to understand something, it's um, analysis or comprehension, 
analysis, something, something, and then synthesis is the last step. Once it, you it, can yes. synthesize it and put it in a new frame or, or compile a it or package. summarize and package it, that's when you really, really understand it. So therefore, when you're, when you're personally sharing the gospel, you're having to cogently, in a, in a, in a cognizant way, articulate what it means to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, when you're doing this with young kids, like you are, you are the greatest learner at that point. And so you're, you're learning about God in, in a really special way. And it was exciting also to see God move in people's lives in this mystical way. Yeah. Unbelievable, untouchable. Those are like the glory days (laughs) of my life. Yeah. I loved camp. Yeah. No, we always tell people, uh, you can you can do you can you have time to do a job later like you're gonna have a job That's when right. you graduate college and when you move on you got your whole life to do that you only have a few years when you can be right. a camp counselor or staff member so why not do it why not do it now when you can you'll That's never right. regret it you'll never regret it's the it the best way to spend a summer it is and you know that was my taste that summer 1997 where I was like cash it all in all I want is <laughs> this. All I want is to serve the Lord, yeah. nothing more. I, I literally, it was a, like I could get emotional. It was, it was a, it was a gargantuan turning point. Yeah. And like the silver lining of everything that was happening around me was, mm-hmm. was, it was untouchable. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. Um, I always tell people I didn't, I didn't become a Christian at camp. Like I grew up going to Hidden Acres from second grade on. Sure. Uh, but I don't, I think it's safe to say I wouldn't be a Christian if it hadn't been for camp. And I definitely wouldn't have wanted to go into full-time ministry if it hadn't been for camp. There's no question in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I would have been a dedicated follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. I would have been volunteering in my church. Consistent church attender. Consistent Mm -hmm. church attender, all of those things. But in terms of the understanding of service, the understanding of ministry, the understanding of the gospel, it took it to unbelievably far deeper levels. Yeah. Not to mention, not to mention, yes, I had I had fellowship with those that I was friends with in mm-hmm. the Christian community at college, but the depth of friendships and the depth of, of relationships that happened as a camp counselor were were oh yeah untouchable. Yeah. That's and a whole so, new level. Whole new level. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to experience, you know, um, community that set a new bar. Like all of a sudden mm. it was like, uh, yeah, so I'm basically now ruined for ordinary. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right? a great way to put it. Ruined for ordinary. I yeah. love that. And so camp ruined a lot of things in a great way. Yeah. It, it reset a brand new bar for, mm-hmm. for service. It reset a brand new bar for, um, for experiencing God through sharing the gospel with others. It reset the bar for Christian community, not to mention, um, you know, we were like having chapel times and singing songs multiple times a day mm-hmm. in a corporate setting. It was unbelievable. Yeah. No, I often talk about, and at, at camp, a lot of times we talk about uh, the disruptive power of camp. Uh, and that kind of carries with it that idea of ruining you for the ordinary because yes. the, camp has so much power to disrupt your routine, disrupt mm-hmm. the ordinary, kind of pulls you out of your comfort zone, puts everyone at camp on an equally uncomfortable playing field. That's interesting. And then you, that just lowers the bar for the gospel, right? Like the, the barriers to the gospel Have are lowered removed. or removed. Yeah. And now, bam, you got you got open hearts because everyone's like, well, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it, it, it's, almost like, it's almost like college. 
Yeah. Right? Because all of a sudden, everybody's thrown in as a yes. freshman, and you're just like, what is going on? And a Who? lot of life-changing, world-changing decisions are made. Who am I? People Who start asking. I? Right. Mm-hmm. And so campus, I've never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. but it's kind of this, this um, it, it, it rattles mm-hmm. your normal. Uh, not to mention, nature has a lot of beauty. That's right. And, and there's there's something to getting mm-hmm. out of the your city or your environment or whatever and shaking it up. And you know what? A couple of campfires don't hurt either. That's right. And getting off that cell phone. That's that right. Helps. Use a cell phone for a week. I can't tell you how much like during high school week, I walk around, I see all these high schoolers walking around, not wow. a phone in sight. Wow. And it's, it, it like struck me this summer as I was looking at them. It's like something seemed off and looking at them because I've been in classrooms. I've, so I've sure. been a classroom teacher. I know how f- phone centric. Prolific. Prolific. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So yeah, seeing all these, you know, f- we have like 500 high schoolers out at yeah. camp, not a phone in sight, uh, just face-to-face relationship and conversation. It's incredible. I had never thought of such a thing. It's it's bizarre. See, because I worked at camp when cell phones did not even exist. Right. Right. I, right. I remember in college when I had to send my very first email to pass statistics <laughs> and I was like, bro, what is this? Like, come on <laughs> as if. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting point as well. It's it's awesome. Well, I, I have to say that camp did more for me mm. than just when I was a counselor. Yeah. Certainly it set my heart on fire in a lot of those ways. And Okay, I, I, I got to push pause, though, because when I was a camp counselor, I made a serious effort to get to know the speakers who oh, were yeah. all of the pastors mm-hmm. of the central district of the denomination that, that the camp was yep. a part of. And I got to know those guys. I said, hey, would you come meet at my table That's with great. my kids? And so I, at free time, I would find them. Sometimes a couple of them, we would, I would get up super early so I could pray with them. Yeah. So I built relationships with a bunch of these um, pastors because that's mm-hmm. who I wanted to be. Yep. So like I was looking at them like, you got, man, what would it take to be on stage speaking at Hidden Acres? And I was like, <laughs> I, I loved them. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that I placed them on an inappropriate pedestal. They were just like, dude, I wasn't. I wasn't looking at Dion Sanders and going like, bro. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. Like I had no aspiration for yeah. that, but I had deep aspirations mm-hmm. to use my gifts to further the gospel. And I saw those guys doing that. So yeah. that reframed heroes for me too. Mm-hmm. That was important. Uh, and so then lo and behold, I, a few years later, <laughs> I actually got to be on that stage yeah. and that was an instrumental thing. Because before that, I had not spoken in front of mm. hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn to prepare and to learn to be engaging to 180 first, second, third graders or, you know, <laughs> right. like 290 mm-hmm. fourth, fifth, sixth graders. Yeah. And it's a different skill set. Different skill set. Mm-hmm. And boy, was it fun. Yeah. That networking piece you mentioned, that is. That is huge. And we actually leaned into that even more. The past couple of years, we started a day camp program where we go to yeah, churches. Yeah. And now our summer staff are getting to interact with all these church staff, mm-hmm. volunteers, pastors, secretaries. Uh, they're so just, like instead of instead of like kids coming to the camp, yes. you're sending out remote yes. camp to churches to yep. have that in their local mm-hmm. church context, yep. in their parking lot. Yep basically to run a VBS at yes. the church and we partner with the church. Yeah. But those connections uh, actually have led to a couple of hires. Like we've You're had, kidding. we've had some summer staff get hired by churches that 
they ran day camp at. No kidding. <laughs> and so that's just part of that, um, yeah, kind of that leadership pipeline that right. we see ourselves as, we see Hidden Acres as a crucial part of this leadership pipeline for pastors in the Central District. Yes, and I would say the following. I had an epiphany one time <clears throat> when I saw all of my 97, 98, 99 peers and how many of us mm. went on into full-time vocational ministry? A ton. Yeah. And a whole bunch of them are still there right now. Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. Camp, the campers that I had in my cabin, that was like, okay, you're like, I'm sure, given me knowing you, back in you know, junior high in math class, you would take your calculator and you'd push two plus two and then you'd hit equals <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 8,000 yeah. <laughs> times as fast as you could. Right? So it just says nine, 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 yeah, nine yeah. all the way across. Yeah. But you got there by pushing two plus two. Mm. That's adding. Yeah. However, I viewed the counselors who got discipled and grew in their faith so much and got so hungry and went out into full-time vocational ministry. Camp was now two times mm -hmm. two. Bam. Big gain, yeah. big gain, big gain. And so I think camps, uh, I think camp is going to, if all of a sudden we peel back all the layers and we saw the fruit of the gospel as it relates to that camp, I would say that we would see on one hand a whole bunch of fruit from yep. individual kids receiving mm -hmm. Christ and individual kids maybe finding a calling on their life. Great. Sure. But on the flip side, I think we would see possibly, as if I know, mm -hmm. but in my heart, I feel that a greater weighted value is going to happen because of the the training that took place and the intent. I mean, it's almost like it's almost like um, like a boot camp for yeah. serving. It is yes. so crazy mm -hmm. and so fast. And I think that that's going to have quite possibly a greater kingdom impact than the kids who came yeah. to camp. Yeah, the staff it has more of an impact on the staff than on the campers. I think so. Completely agree. And our our staff training model the they have a week of staff training where mm -hmm. they learn the knowledge they learn some skills they practice that a little mm -hmm. bit but then they have seven weeks of practical ministry experience hands-on ministry leadership experience exactly right and they love it they're having a blast tell me that's not going to carry on after they leave that's not going to carry on to their career come on of course it is right <laughs> right that's uh that's amazing i have no idea what happened there it's still my, going how is that happening is mine no that's so weird. My phone just all of a sudden started to make, we'll see if it comes on the, out on the, all of a sudden I was like, bro, what's going on? Uh, okay. So another piece to this is after one summer of speaking as, by the way, the relationships that I had with you mm -hmm. when, cause I was now the yep. pastor speaker Yeah, and with you, now I got to and, know you. Yes. I got, I got to know all the speakers too. Like you did. Yes. <laughs> yes. As, and there was a whole bunch of other counselors mm -hmm. that I still have great relationships mm -hmm. with. I ended up hiring Carter Noreen yeah. to come on staff as, you know, in, in children's ministry with me. Okay. Now, after one of the weeks of speaking, the executive director at the time pulled me aside and said, Hey, how about you come with your family and you become the children's speaker for Labor Day family camp? So summer was over. Yep. And Labor Day was this big old, big, big old family camp. Big old family camp. And so then I was now the children's whatever yep. speaker as all chapel. the children's chapel as mm -hmm. all the adults. And so then I developed a whole big thing for that. Um, little did I know. After that very first 
Labor Day, the executive director pulled me aside and he, uh, he said, here's the deal right now. I'm you are. I'm going to have you sign a 10 year agreement <laughs> that you're going to do this for the next 10 Jeez. years. He was totally serious. And he, you know, I'm, you know, this is a little bit of tongue in cheek, but he, he handed me some money, which wasn't, you know, what I'm not yeah. trying to say that he, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. but like he, he was just trying to like, like punctuate yeah. that I really mean this. And so, um, for the next, I'm not joking, the next 26 consecutive <laughs> Labor Day and Memorial Day family camps. So there's two a year. Yep. So I did it for 13 straight years. Wow. That I was the family or the kid. Kids chapel. Kids chapel. Family camp. Family camp speaker. Yeah. I did, you know, four every time. And that was, that shaped me. Incredible. And so the thing is, is that Hidden Acres is super, super big in my heart. Not mm. just because I was a counselor, not just because I was a speaker during the summer for a decade. Yeah. Right. But because also I was now the family camp guy. Mm-hmm. I was brought in to do training for the counselors for staff training. Those were sh- shaping things because now I'm doing leadership training. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if in fact, Hidden Acres, you know, does something to the counselor. How much more did it do for me? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it was like this, like elongated training thing. Okay. Good. I want to just blow everybody's minds here. So <laughs> um, the next executive director, he said, hey, let's go on a walk. And, you, know, yeah. you know this. <laughs> that sounds like Steve. Yeah. <laughs> hey, c- come with me. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go on a golf cart ride. <laughs> yeah. So we went on a walk and he said, what do you think about science camp can you hear him say that i absolutely can and your your hand motions are helping actually yeah <laughs> what do you think about science camp and he said in there and they're doing this it's one of our specialty camps so it's not basketball it's not this it's for the kid who who wants to do science yeah and so i was like i'm in sure and so instead of being a regular camp speaker i was the science camp mm-hmm. speaker which wait for it those five days of camp science camp became the template for the very first science VBS incredible that I ever published and is now sold all over kingdom come wow that's so, incredible so thank you camp <laughs> yeah right well thank you Josh <laughs> yeah camp and so science camp's still going on isn't it maybe not is it done did, did science <laughs> we, camp we get... did we did have to postpone it this coming summer but okay. it may come back it may come back well yep. it, it existed after I was gone oh, so for that, sure so that's yep. a positive yep and it's been campers love it they do. and staff love it It's a great time. It's a great time. And I absolutely loved it. So camp, it's Mm -hmm. a big deal. Yeah. We, uh, we love it. We love camp and camp loves you. Yes. Very, very, very grateful. Um, I would say to any of our listeners, I would love to have you email me or, or somehow let me know Facebook or whatever, if you had a camp experience, because the, the statistics, Mm -hmm. I mean, George Barna says that your moral foundation set by age five. Yeah. What you believe at age 13 is likely what you're going to believe dying. The vast majority of people make a decision for Christ pre-puberty. Okay. Vast majority. Vast It's like 75% of people make a decision for Christ. However, if you, if you track where those people actually accepted Christ, a humongous amount of them, it happens in a camp, yeah. a Christian camp setting. Yeah. And so I would love to mm-hmm. to see what people's responses are, yeah. right? If, if they did work there, or work at a camp, yeah. or if they had a, a, a salvation experience there. Yeah. The in fact, the the founders of Hidden Acres, mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, I actually just interviewed 
one of those guys. His name mm-hmm. is Paul Erdman. I just had him on the podcast. I know Paul. Yeah, he said I that was, he, I, I was counsel with his daughters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that he, uh, that when they were deciding whether or not to found their own camp, they saw a, st- a statistic that said that um, 85% mm-hmm. of the missionaries in the world, like global missionaries, mm-hmm. became Christians at camp. That's so crazy. And that blew my socks off. Right. Uh, and so, yes, uh, I'm sure lots of your listeners have had a camp experience. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a huge fan. I, you, and I'll, I'll close with this. Interestingly enough, there was one week that was just beyond brutal. Um, I was hot. It, 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 we called it the summer of the deluge. In other words, there was a massive amount of rain. I was staying in this eight, you know, yeah. 16 by 32 foot tent. Uh, it had no floor. They had to actually build pa- uh, pallets to put our 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 stuff on. Mm-hmm. There was a river literally running through. It was it was a horrible deal. Was that when they had the there was like the pud- the pond in front of the main lodge that they put a bridge across and had like gladiator battles? Yes, yes. That I was remember that summer. that summer. I was there that summer. Yes. <laughs> and so it, that's how much it rained. It was incredible. It was an incredible amount of rain, and I was living on the ground. Yeah. Okay. So I was loving it, but I was being pushed physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had a junior counselor that was very, very, very challenging and was usurping my ideas directly in front of the kids. Like they came to me and said, hey, he, the junior counselor, hey, we think that we're not playing enough carpet ball and we want we want to like tell you that we need to like, you know, they, he was like shifting Jeez. my, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I was having tough. a hard week. Yeah having a hard week, I actually went to the staff training and almost cried. I was just so at the end of my rope. Great, people prayed for me, then they sang this acapella song that just blew my heart away, whatever. Wow. That night, um, oh, 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 can't forget that there was a nest of dead, <laughs> of, of dead mice that had tried to find shelter through this like sure. near, you know, global flood deluge yeah who can can blame them yeah and so they died yeah and so (laughs) i had to discover where those were our tent reeked and so it was just it was very very challenging in addition one night i went in there and i think there were like not exaggerating more than a thousand mosquitoes flying Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. and i was just like what is going on it was just it was hard it's a rough summer rough summer rough week yeah Oh yeah, yeah. we've all had those. We've all had those, um, and so I was I was literally wondering. And these kids were so rebellious and so out of yeah. control. Great. Well, at the end of the, uh, the the gospel night, where the speaker we have a big campfire back then, and mm-hmm. the speaker was sharing the gospel. Well, one after one, like three, four, now five of these kids stood up, made a proclamation of faith. We went back to my tent, which had, I tell you the truth, not a single mosquito. We <laughs> went we went in there and prayed for an hour and a half. Whoa. I'm talking heart-wrenching, wow. kids crying, confessing. Like almost, almost in my entire life, I'm 48 years old. I've been a Christian for 27 years. I don't think that I've ever had a prayer experience quite like that and it was mind-boggling right and so just to see the transformative power of god through the gospel and then Mm. the next day i remember i'll never forget it the kids went running up to the executive director who was driving around on a golf cart and just exploded with excitement about our (laughs) prayer time the night before it's incredible and 
Uh, and that executive director, he actually has told me that the letter that I wrote and sent out to families as a support letter that shared that story, mm-hmm. he said, I'm going to be, it's, he says, in my will, that letter will be, I will be buried with that letter <laughs> in my hands. Holy smokes. Right? Wow. So, bottom line, God uses camp. God used camp in a big way in my life, and it shaped me being a children's pastor. It mm. shaped me being mm-hmm. a, a resource provider. Um, it shaped me as a public speaker. Yeah. It shaped me as a trainer for um, how to educate people to do ministry, right? Mm. Super fun. Awesome. Thank awesome. you, Hidden Acres. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> well, this is good. What we're going to do next is we're going to push stop on this. And we're going to actually start another entire podcast, and I'm going to interview you about your experience as a volunteer. Fantastic. All right. Can't okay. wait. Thank you guys so much, and we will catch you on the next one. Wow. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Josh. Uh, it was a blast. Let's do it again sometime. Again, his podcast is called the Lead Volunteers Podcast, and you should definitely check it out. Again, I will put a link in the show notes. And also, thanks so much to you, listener, for listening to this episode. If you are someone who loves and supports camp and enjoys hearing about the impact it has, I hope this was really encouraging. In fact, I would guess there are thousands of other stories just like Josh's, and we'd love to hear about them. If you have any stories of how God has blessed you through the ministry of Hidden Acres, please send an email to podcast at hacamps.org to let us know about it. You might hear it in an upcoming episode. Hey, I might even give you a call and see if you'll come on the podcast and talk about it. So we'll see what happens. But to find out more about Hidden Acres, visit hacamps.org or look us up on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at camp.